Now, in studio, your lending expert, family man, and servant leader, who's committed to honoring and empowering San Diego's servant leaders to rise up. Your host of Rise Up Radio, James Carmody. Happy Saturday, folks. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Rise Up Radio, your favorite Saturday afternoon program. We are empowering San Diego servant leaders and sharing the good news. So buckle up if you're driving, if you're at home, grab some water, hold on, take some notes. You're in for a treat. We have two amazing guests. And I'm actually just going to dive in because I I don't want to waste any time at all. Um, We have the CEO of Center for Community Solutions with us. It's V. Griffin Tabor. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of unpack what you guys are doing there. Obviously, it's a very, very important organization that's been doing great work for a long time. Thank you, James. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, before you kind of got into the CEO leadership role. Right. What's your background? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? I um, I have a background in uh, c- criminology and a master's in social work. And I, I just grew- got scared. She's going <laughs> to analyze us, Jen, the whole time. <laughs> and I grew up in Maryland, went to school in New York, and then uh, took a road trip to California and never went home. That sounds familiar. I took that road trip about 15 years ago <laughs> from Massachusetts. Yeah, we escaped the cold weather, right? That's right. I don't need an ice scraper ever, ever again. <laughs> Me either, thank goodness. <laughs> So you moved out here. Yes. And what was your professional career? What was it start? My professional career has always been about uh, family violence. Uh, it, could have, it was in child abuse. For a time, I worked in prisons with rapists and pedophiles and then wanted to do my part to get on the front end of that violence, mm. knowing full well it can be prevented. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay. How long have you been CEO? A long time. A I've long been there 20 time. years. 20 years. <laughs> yes. And our organization is 49 years, just prepping to celebrate next year, our 50th anniversary. Exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So what is it that all you do? Okay. So Center for Community Solutions is the only rape crisis center for the city of San Diego, but we also serve about 75, 70 to 75% of the county for sexual assault survivors. We also provide uh, supports. Uh, healing uh, for uh, survivors of domestic violence. And we also believe wholeheartedly that this violence can be prevented. So we're in schools, in colleges, in community groups, uh, doing uh, training around healthy relationships, healthy uh, uh, relationships and communication. Wow. So you, you guys are it. San Diego. We covered, we had served last year, we served 21,000 people. So that's through our Whoa. hotline. That yeah. is through, uh, we served about 12,000 people in education and outreach, which is really important to us. But we also served uh, survivors who went to the hospital after being raped. Uh, we have domestic violence shelters. We have legal services, counseling. We're in nine locations in the county. So we try to make these services amenable, accessible. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, we have a 24-hour hotline so that if somebody wants to explore either for themselves what supports and healing look like, or if they have a family member that they don't quite know what to do and how to help, that hotline is also available. Okay. And so, and how do people, you know, what is the hotline? What's the website? How do people find you? So if, if you just go online and you look for Center for Community Solutions, you can find us through our website, which is uh, org, or you can call our hotline, which is 888-DV-LINKS. 
888-DV-LINKS. That hotline is available 24-7. We respond to sexual assault survivors when they call the police 24 hours a day. And uh, many times before people want to come in and either get counseling or meet with our attorneys, oftentimes it's really helpful to call the hotline and just really talk about what's available and kind of test the waters for them. Many times that's people want to make sure that they're not going to be judged, that they're going to be accepted. Um, So that can be a helpful way in the door if somebody is hesitant. Yeah. I mean, you know, I thank God I've been through that or had anyone immediate close to me go through that. I can't imagine, you know, the world of emotion that goes through and, you know, the fear and the anxiety and okay, where do I even go for help? Do I even want to ask for help? Right. And, you know, un- unintentionally, many times we've, uh, uh, as a culture, have been blaming the victim. When we ask questions at like, what was she wearing? What was she drinking? Why doesn't she just leave? We just took the onus of the crime and put it on the survivor as opposed to how are we raising people in our community that commit this kind of violence or betray each other? So... Um, part of our education and outreach is is about uh, looking at the messaging we're doing. But given the dialogue that's been happening in our country um, with uh, Time's Up and Me Too, the lens is really shifting about accountability of holding perpetrators accountable. And it is we're seeing an increase in people feeling much more comfortable and comfort may be a, a too strong of a word to reach out and ask for help because help is available. There's every reason to be hopeful. And we, if we dedicate the resources, this violence is really preventable. When we go into schools, when we're on college campuses, and we watch the reaction of what people say when they've had the kind of communication and kind of debunking some of the myths, mm-hmm. we've seen some great changes in in one of our most recent uh, trainings that we did with some athletes at San Diego State, in an anonymous evaluation, a couple of them said, I wish we had this information when we were in junior high. Yeah, and let's talk about that. You know, the, the nice thing is, is I think there is a shift. And you see throughout social media and in the news, you know, you're seeing Me Too, you're seeing different topics and different things become almost more open to talk about. Yeah, It's like as if before it was like rape, oh my gosh, it's taboo. Like you can't even say it. Right. And it's like there is a breakdown in behavior and psychology that was learned somewhere along the way. Right. And, you know, I'd love to hear more about, you know, where are you guys going with our young people? Like what does that education look like? Right. You know, we're just starting to see an influx of more funding in prevention, which is really, really important. Our state's going to direct some funds just for this. We've struggled for some time to get enough funding to try to really meet the need it's being asked for. So we want to be, we are in some targeted schools right now. We're on the college campus of San Diego state and we're on the college campuses of the city colleges we'd like to see if it's not ccs we'd like to see this education in every junior high and high school and we're working hard Uh, we've got a really strong curriculum Uh, we worked with san diego state's entire athletic department uh, training all their incoming freshmen Um, and and really you said this violence is learned and it can be unlearned you can relearn healthy coping skills and men and women are affected by this violence. So, um, and that's something we don't often talk about. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm thinking back to like junior high and like sexual education class and it was so awkward. It was awkward for the teacher. It was awkward for the kids. So how do we bring that up to speed 
and weave this, that this should be part of that same conversation. Absolutely. Well, when we're, when we're talking to different age groups, we're certainly first and foremost doing it age appropriate. Of course. <clears throat> but also we're talking about um, what it really means to be a young woman, a young man, what it means to be an individual and how are we communicating and uh, what are we, what are we asking for from each other and really having, breaking down the conversations. So when we go into college campuses and we train the coaches and the students, we do them separately and we do it so that they can really have frank conversations and try, and we will not do a one and done session that is not proven to be effective and change. So we will go in minimum of three times mm. to meet with the same group. And uh, we've really seen some uh, great conversations, some honest conversations about healthy boundaries, healthy communications, uh, uh, unintentional uh, misogynistic comments, sexist comments, and breaking it down for both coaches and for the players. And, and when they're working together on a team, they're almost holding each other accountable because they've raised their awareness and, uh, and their accountability with each other. It's like they're raising their standards as a group, which is important. Um, you know, I know you can't give names, but any, like a specific example, like where, you know, you went in and you're like, okay, these guys are, I'm a guy, so I can say it like cavemen. Mm -hmm. And they're just so art out in left field. And then, okay, after these trainings over three sessions, whatever that is, all right, now we have someone that's open-minded. There's a new level of respect and appreciation and different dialogue. Absolutely. We are in every uh, probation camp school in the county. And in those, um, for the probation uh, young, young boys and uh, young men, we are uh, in there longer, um, usually an eight-week series. And we've seen tremendous types of changes of uh, watching somebody's eyes go open to how they're looking at their girlfriends or their partner and listening to the conversation about what they're having. They've written incredible rap songs, done beautiful artwork on, oh my goodness, I didn't realize what I really was saying and what I was doing and how I was marginalizing any of my family or any part of my community. And uh, it had been the most, it has been the most requested uh, class that they were having at the probation camps. So it's been a great partnership with uh, Department of Probation. Wow. And let's talk about that a little bit. You know, we were talking about the college campuses, which I think that's a great place to be, you know, and obviously we want to get into younger and younger. Of but course. talk about, you know, your work, you know, in these prisons and, and through that system. Yes. Um, we've been at, with the probation camps probably at least 10 years now okay. and uh, really have seen some incredible evaluations coming from these uh boys and young men. In addition, we also uh, send advocates into the state prisons uh, for, to stop prison rape as well. And uh, again, we're um, uh, simple things of our staff going in and talking and affirming uh, and believing people has been, uh, we, the letters we get back has been about um, it's what, how validating and supported it has felt to be believed. Yeah. I mean, it's when you can have that change and that level of change and you see the shift in that person, that is going to be just so gratifying. It absolutely is. And it goes back to what we were just talking about, how change is possible. If we invest in it, if we get there early, um, we really can teach different skill sets in the way uh, and even mitigate bullying by having these conversations. Absolutely. It's like, you know, when, when a baby is born, that baby is in my opinion, pretty much the epitome of love. 
Exactly. And along the way, different things happen, different things get remembered and interpreted, and we file them away, and then we act accordingly with how our brain interprets things. Exactly. And we can train and learn our brain many, many things, and we can unlearn unwanted behavior. We absolutely can. Yeah, so I, I, I'm fascinated by this conversation. Folks, unfortunately, we have to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Rise Up Radio. We'll be back in a few. folks, James Carmody, Synergy One Lending. Are you in the market to buy a property and need to close really fast? Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team is your family-owned mortgage bank. Right now, there's low inventory. There's a lot of offers. It's competitive. Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team can close your loan in as little as 10 days. Call today to find out more. 858-525-3086. Call James Carmody and the Carmody team at Synergy One Lending. 858-525-3086. It was a goal that I wanted to achieve from the very beginning. I'm a 40-year-old man that walked in there to get his high school diploma. I wasn't sure if I could do it. It was very hard for me, but the teachers, the counselors, they help you. One of the teachers was Miss Araceli. Miss Araceli, she gave me direction. Every single time I had a question, she'll put down whatever she's doing and she'll come over and she'll sit there with you until you get it. At age 47, with the help of his teacher, Marco finished his high school diploma. 50% of getting your high school diploma is walking through those doors. The other 50% is doing the work. Getting your high school diploma, it is a life-changing experience. It really is. It catapults you to where you want to go. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. Thank you so much for being with us on your Saturday afternoon. Uh, We have V. Griffin Tabor, the CEO of Center for Community Solutions, in studio with us. Um, And CCS is, is a very, very important and vital organization to San Diego and to our community. And, you know, V, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So just, you know, in a nutshell, share the vision, you know, for our listeners so they know what's going on and then we'll get into a couple other things. Yes. At Center for Community Solutions, um, we're committed to both prevention and healing of uh, interpersonal violence and sexual violence. But we also want the listeners to know if you need help, it is available. We see every day courageous survivors coming forward and we have done our part to make sure that we have the latest and best practice on the effects of uh, trauma on our neurobiology. And we see every day people uh, healing and moving on to live full, vibrant lives. That doesn't mean I'm trying to trivialize the brutality they've been through, but it absolutely is every reason to be hopeful and healing is available. So if anybody out there needs help, we're here. 888-DV-LINKS is an opportunity to reach out to test that out. And we want to make ourselves available. We don't prescribe what health looks like we offer people uh, what our supports are and they can handpick what feels like a match for them. Sure. And what's, and what's the website V? It's ccssd.org, double C, double S, D.org. Double C, double S, D.org. <laughs> yes. Okay. Easy enough to remember folks, you know, 
put that in your phone, save that. You may need that right now. You may need that in the future. Right. We, pray, we pray to God that you don't, but you want to you have those resources available because unfortunately, you know, this is something that exists. It happens. Thank God as a, as a nation, we are shifting this conversation and we're making this conversation more open. You know, yes, we are. It's taboo to talk about. Right. And men, women are both coming to the table and want to do something about this. Yeah. And, and the wonderful thing I love that you represent is hope. Absolutely. Because I see it every day in the light in people's eyes who come in through our front doors. And like I said, you have the courage to heal and then um, do the work. And I see what they do with that. Many times they come back uh, and want to be part, uh, part of the solution. So they volunteer with us. Uh, they become staff or advocates. Want to talk about trauma. Yes. You know, let's get to the root of this. Yes. You know, you, you see it, you live it. Share with us, you know, uh, the effects and the impacts you're seeing, you know, and, and how do we start to reverse that? Right. So a lot of times if somebody has experienced particularly sexual assault, child abuse, domestic violence, um, their thoughts are racy. They can have panic attacks. They're, it can look different in different people with depression, anxiety, uh, loss of sleep. But we work with uh, survivors and try to give them tools. Uh, it's, it's kind of like East meets West. Uh, there's grounding techniques. There's uh, breathing techniques. There's meditation for trauma-informed. Uh, we also uh, utilize something called EMDR, which is showing great results. It's a type of therapy that can be done for folks who've experienced trauma, and it has really, really good longstanding results. So uh, those are some of the ways we serve um, folks who've been traumatized. And in our communities, we can absolutely join forces. If any of your listeners not only need help, but if they are interested in being part of the solution, we have a team of at least 300 volunteers. So if somebody wants to step forward, we need the support. It's a small army. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my car right now listening to this. What do I do? How do I participate? You can go to our website, the org, and you can see a host of ways to volunteer. And it ranges, some people want to have direct contact with survivors or children who are survivors. Some people want to help us fundraise. Some people want to answer phones. We need help all across the board. And if somebody wants to work with children or families, we run an, um, a, it's a about 66 hour training crisis intervention. We really oh. have to do our part to make sure volunteers have the skill sets to work with this kind of trauma. And then we meet with them monthly to make sure we're checking in that they're okay because vicarious trauma is also an issue. We watch for vicarious trauma, not only with volunteers, but with staff. But we need the help. So if anybody want, and who is a listener who wants to get involved, just check our website out. There are many different types of opportunities. Thank you for that. I mean, folks, if you're listening, so I mean, literally like you don't necessarily have to be on the front lines. Right. That opportunity is readily available. However, maybe you just want to come in, help out with the phones or help out around the office and what I just heard in, in your speaking is you have training, you know, so right. you may be listening to this and just thinking like, huh, I want to help and I have no darn clue how to exactly. do it. They have training for you. We absolutely do. And it's really a top notch training. We've spent a lot of time and invested uh, in making sure because we want to make sure people are equipped to do this work when they go to the community. And 
Um, we would be really remiss, not only for volunteers, but for survivors, if we did not give people ample tools and ample support to do this work. What do you see coming out? You know, we're talking about volunteering. Talk about the staff for a second. Uh, Yes. Right. What is, you know, what are you seeing for education? You know, the new staffers coming out of college, what are their skill sets like? You know, what are they, and also what do they want and what are they contributing? You know, we have um, just about 80 staff and we're in, as I mentioned, in 10 locations. We see the people who are doing this work, they're the people who have a passion. They know this violence can be stopped and um, the passion and compassion drives a great workforce. So we have attorneys on staff. Most of our staff are so overqualified, but they know this can happen. They know that the change can happen. Mm. They want to be part of that change. So we've got attorneys who have not only um, their um, JD, but they also have masters in therapy. Um, We've got highly skilled workforce uh, folks coming out of school, uh, generally, uh, the folks who join our workforce have been folks through their college years. They've been either working um, through different uh, groups on the campus um, to do this work. So really skilled, very passionate, very committed to ending violence and helping people heal. Love it. Okay. I'm going to make a request. I want you to take your CEO hat off for a second. Yes. And I want V's opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to see this conversation go nationally? We're working on that and we're working yeah. our national coalition. And it's, I can't kind of separate my CEO hat from V's hat because I want to drill down on, we need to continue to talk about this violence is preventable. Put dollars into it, get education at every single school around healthy communications, boundaries, what that really means. Looking at the, even the words that we're using about speaking about Uh, any individual, any woman, any man, and looking at the implications and understanding, it starts with breaking it down there and mutual respect, healthy communication, uh, get some of this language out of our dialogue. um, And we can do it, but we have to invest in it. So we got to start with the young people. A hundred percent. What do you see as the education there? The education is having conversations about healthy communication. What did I say to you? What do I do if I'm angry? Um, if I want to date and I want to hook up, how do we do that? How do I, how do I accept no when no means no? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really drill down on that conversation with youth, with teens. Um, and let's not be afraid of it. There, you know, let's have a, a conversation. We send our young people, our younger staff who are educators, in to try to be as close to the age of the group that they're teaching mm-hmm. so that the uh, students can really feel like they relate. I think that's brilliant. So you might send an older teen to talk to like 12, 13 year olds? We'll send, you know, our staff are 18 and older, but we'll send, you know, for college, uh, the work we're doing on college campus or the work I was talking about in the probation camp, we're usually sending folks in their 20s who are well-educated, well-trained, but so they can relate. So it doesn't feel like they're so far removed from what the conversation's happening today on the streets, in their classroom. I, I mean, I think that that's, I think that's so important. And I think Having the, having the conversation at an early age, because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and I don't claim to be an expert by any means, but I think our country's got it backwards when it comes to sexuality and right. how we expose young people to it, how we talk about it. You know, it, 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 we make it so taboo that 
Now you have people walking around as adults and they're awkward and weird about it and you can't even talk about it. Right. Whereas you look at these countries over in Europe and I haven't lived in Europe. I, I haven't raised a child there, but it seems like their their freedom and their expression around it is so much different and freer and mature. I agree. than ours. I agree. Um, we were talking before about the development of healthy relationship skills, and this is part of it. Um, and if if we're not talking as parents to children, they're going to get the information. Yeah, the and back and of the in, school bus, the locker room, places from you don't want to get it. And, and they, you know, are not well informed or having a place to vent and question about their bodies, about uh, sexual attraction, about dating or hooking up. And if they're learning it from each other, is that really where we want them to get it? You know, what, what are we expecting as an outcome if we don't have these conversations? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I love the fact that we're putting this conversation on the forefront. Yes. You know, it's so important. I mean, sexuality, it, I mean, we're human beings. It, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's such an important part of who we are as a being. And it's time to shift the conversation and have a mature and healthy outlook on it. It absolutely is. I agree. And I, and we can have it. And there's lots of good curriculums around healthy uh, relationship skills. We've got them for each age group. And um, we've seen some great aha moments that, that kids are having. Real quick, what are you seeing as far as initiatives here in the schools in San Diego locally at like maybe the junior high level or high school level? We're starting to see um, more schools wanting this kind of education, which is very exciting. And if the state budget gets passed, there's about $10 million that's coming out for prevention around sexual and uh, intimate partner violence prevention, which is thrilling to me. We're going to be at the table applying. That doesn't mean we get it. But the fact that our legislators are seeing that um, this is a priority and we've got to push it forward. Fantastic. So again, let's remind our listeners about how they get support, how do they reach out to you guys, and then Parting words for our listeners. Absolutely. So folks can either call our hotline at 888-DV-LINKS or look on our website for any of our offices to phone in, and that's org. And I want any listener to know, if you or anybody you know or a family member or your roommate uh, is really struggling with these issues, you can call our hotline. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know how to um, respond, what you do is you be a compassionate friend. You don't direct, you don't tell them what to do, you listen and you believe. And that's the starting point. And we're here to support you in that conversation if you want that support. You listen and you believe and you make sure that they are aware of the resources available. Yes. You know, V, thank you so much. Thank Thank you for all the work that you're doing. We're honored to do this work. We see courageous people every day. Rise Up is so honored to have you join us in the community. Thank you for all your work. Folks, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be back in a few. AM 1170, The Answer. It's pouring rain. It's real dark outside. Your heart starts beating really, really fast. You've never done anything so hard in your life. This is boot camp. This is the real thing now. It's such extreme pain, you don't understand how you can finish. I began to feel that there was no way I was ever going to have my title, U.S. Marine. It takes special inner strength, courage, and desire to do this. I was just thinking, I'm so close, I'm so close. And when I I finished, I was like, I'm done. 
I did it. The moment I will never forget is when this drill instructor that I admire so much comes up to me straight in front of me, put her arm on my shoulder and said, good morning, Marine. PFC Summer Volkman became a Marine. Can you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. Hey folks, James Carmody, Synergy One Lending. Are you in the market to buy a property and need to close really fast? Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team is your family-owned mortgage bank. Right now, there's low inventory, there's a lot of offers, it's competitive. Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team can close your loan in as little as 10 days. Call today to find out more. 858-525-3086. Call James Carmody and the Carmody team at Synergy One Lending, 858-525-3086. Eleven seventy, the answer. Welcome back, folks. I'm your host, James Carmody. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. Hope you're having a wonderful Saturday. Thank you for all the love and support. You are following us at sdriseup.com. That's sdriseup.com. We are now in our third year. This is episode one twenty two. Thank you, San Diego. The support is just overwhelming. And we have another amazing guest, second half of the show, coming at you today. We have, first and foremost, a Navy veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He is a realtor, which is my wheelhouse of real estate, which I love. And most importantly, he is an activist. He is in action. He is the president of the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals for the Sinego chapter. Mr. Andre Hobbs, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we're going to unpack all this. Mm. But first of all, we didn't we didn't wake up, you know, and just say, all right, I'm running this chapter. I'm a realtor. I'm a veteran. No, you know, I know originally you're from the East Coast. Yes, I am. Okay, and what was what was your path to get here? You know, you know, I was born in New York, okay. Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn. Uh, okay, Brooklyn, New York. Um, at the early age of four, I moved to South Carolina. Um, unfortunately, I lost my mom with breast cancer. And so my grandmother raised my brother and I. I was mm. four at the time. My brother was one. My mom was 27 years old. Mm. And so I could only imagine with her losing two, having two small babies at the age of 27, uh, what she may have felt. However, being raised in South Carolina, um, that was some different type of love. That was some disciplinarian love. Mm. You know, can you go outside and play? Yes, after you wash those dishes. <laughs> get some chores to do. <laughs> exactly. So you learn early on, um, what you needed to do to make things happen. And then, of course, uh, joining the service, you was already in a regiment situation leading from being in the southern hospitality or being raised down in South Carolina. So now you join the service. I can't say I found it easy, mm. but I didn't have no problem staying in step. Yeah, yeah right. Because <laughs> right. you already knew you were going to get smacked if you stepped out Exactly, line. exactly. So, you know, and by the means of that, um, <clears throat> well-educated, and then uh, – I got excited because my uncles were in the service. I had one in the Air Force, one in the Army over in Germany. Uh, the Air Force guy was in Italy. And, you know, you're an honor roll student in school. It's like, wow, you know, do I go to college or do I get some excitement in life? And I joined the Navy. And it ended up in Japan okay. uh, on my first ship, which was the USS, Mobile, uh, USS Midway, which is now a museum here in San Diego. Uh, right. So you were on the Midway <laughs> way back when. Okay. Yes, yes. So, in Japan. Yeah, 1984. I uh, joined boot camp, and then 1985 is when I finished and ended up on the USS Midway. Um, exciting. So now, of course, this young kid at 18 shoots off to Japan, Yokosuka, yep. Japan. 
you know, in a jet squadron. And so you get to see the jets fly off and the yelling on the decks and people screaming. And now I walk on a ship two, late, two years later here in San Diego. I got kids with balloons crying. I'm like, this is not what I, this is what I, not what I remember. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's comedy. So um, now as a full-time realtor, uh, basically been here for 14 years, uh, 18 years in San Diego, 14 years as a realtor, and the president of the association for the last three years of the VA rep. Mm. Um, we were started as first four founding chapters. Now we have 35 chapters in 20 states. And as I just learned coming back from D.C., Washington, D.C., we have another 24 in the pipeline within the next 12 months coming online. Wow. Yeah. Good we're growing you. fast. So basically within five years, we've grown 35 chapters. That's incredible. Yes. So let's back up a step. What had you decide to get into real estate? <laughs> when I first bought my spot, uh, I was 26 years old, I think it was. No, that's not true. Because I was at the USS Embassy. I was, in the, I was a diplomat in the U.S. Embassy in Australia, so I, I skipped that part before I got out of the service. Oh, <laughs> diplomat over in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So after, after the midway, I, I lead back to this point. Um, after the midway, I went on to the USS Mobile. We decommissioned that. I went to Hawaii for four years at uh, Simo Pearl Harbor, stayed there for four years. Then I went on to the USS Mobile. No. Yes. USS Mobile decommissioned that. USS Abraham Lincoln aircraft carrier. Um, picked up sales a year off of that. So they tell me I was the wow. number one guy of 6,000 guys. Wow. And I was like, yes, that was that was a believing and, and if I'm correct, that is a, a peer vote, is it not? That is a aircraft carrier. That is a peer vote among right, your, amongst yeah. your, peer, your peers elect you. Exactly. To me, that says something. You know, it does. The guys above, when your peers vote you in. Yeah. You know, it's sense. pretty exciting. Cool. So, but it gave me, however, it gave me the choice of duty. So it wasn't something that I was actually taught to chose. It was like I had to go to D.C., Washington, D.C., and it had to be voted on because now you are the sale of the year of an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. of 6,000 guys. Wow. What tour of duty would you like to have next? And yeah. I chose the U.S. Embassy in Canberra, Australia. Good so I was you. assigned there as the training officer. Um, and we had four people in my office. It was, it was the Office of Defense Cooperation, ODC. And we were in charge of uh, military toys and transfer, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the one guy who transferred the toys, one guy handled the finances, one guy handled the islands of Australia, and I handled all of the training courses and everything within Australian government. Pretty exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. And I know as people say, how do you get into, get into real estate after doing all that? Yeah, after all that. Yeah. So I came back to the U.S., uh, early retired at the, uh, at the, um, the ASW base in Point Loma. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, ended up basically uh, joining the service because I wound up buying my first house at, I can't remember what the age but at the time, I didn't get the full support, I think, from my agent at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, if I'm a veteran and I needed some service, and this is the kind of service that's being provided, don't talk about it. Be about it. Be about it. That's right. And so I ended up becoming a real estate agent. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then you've now been doing it for 14 years? 14 years. 14 okay. years. And, and I'm blessed to do it because I never really wanted to, to influence or purchase or sell or, or persuade someone to do something. However, it just becomes a, a, a good knack of knowing if I'm not willing to do it myself, then I'm not going to push it on you. And so Absolutely. it's the biggest investment. People like honesty. And because of that, I became the president of VA Rep. 
That's fantastic. People people want information. They want to be educated. Yeah. You know, the trans the transactions of clients. That stuff will all come if you're providing that education, that service. Exactly. And so I don't see myself as a realtor. Mm-hmm. I see myself as a real estate advisor. That's the I difference. like that. Yeah. So what had you? How did you first hear about VA Rep? <laughs> it's funny. They approached us because okay. we were part of the first four founding chapters. So they wanted a chapter in San Diego, which is the biggest entity on the West Coast, the military. Absolutely. So they said, how can we get a chapter started in San Diego? Let's go down and see who we can recruit. And so my board is an eight-member board. Mm -hmm. And so of the eight-member board, at least five of us have to be veterans. The other three does not have to be veterans, but real estate related. So they can be escrow, title, uh, insurance if they want to. Um, But my board is made up of eight different um, people but at least five of us have to be veterans because why teach a product or give the advice if you are not one? And as mm-hmm. a veteran, another veteran can understand another veteran because sure. we're not trying to sell you anything. Yep. We're giving you the advice. We've served. You've served. Let's do this. I like that. Yeah. So let's talk about VA rep for our mm-hmm. listeners. You know, some people may have heard of it. Some people may have not. Right. You know, what's the mission? Why does it exist? We saw a need, and the two founders of VA Rep is Sun Nguyen and Dustin Luce. They're up in Corona, which is mm-hmm. um, our national chapter area. That's where it all originated from. And they saw a need, and both of them are in the real estate business, that no one was taking care of our veterans. And so across the nation, we have 22 million veterans across the nation, 17 million owned homes, but only 1.9 ever used the VA loan. Wow. And we're like, why is there such a disparity there? Why is there such a discretion there? So they saw the need and say, hey, you know what? Let's do something about this. Let's see what we can do. And they started forming these chapters. And so with that, the purpose and the the mission of VA Rep is basically to educate financial literacy and bring awareness to the products and the benefits and the disabilities that we have as veterans and how we can use that to use in home ownership. And that's kind of how it all started. I love it. So, I mean, education is, you know, at the forefront for me. What does your engagement look like? Are you guys teaching classes? Is it online? Like if I'm a veteran, like, okay, how do you support me? Ah, good question. I mm-hmm. like that. Okay. To find out more about VA Rep, yeah. which is the Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals, go to net. We have videos. We have classes. We have, if you are not in San Diego, we have a chapter in your area. You can look at and see where you are, find that chapter, find out who the president are, look at their summary, look at their bio. At the same time frame, we have online classes. One is called the MVHC, the Military Veteran Housing Certification Class. For veterans or military or real estate agents who want to become more familiar with what we do, you can take this eight-hour class. It is good for continuing education for eight hours. When you renew your license, we have 45 hours. So you can use that class. Once you complete it, you get a certification that is NAR certified. You can then use those eight hours for your qualification, for your continuing education. Wow. Okay. So slow that down a second for us lay folks. Hmm. So <laughs> so if I'm a realtor, you hmm. know, I have to do my continuing education kind of ongoingly. Yes, every four and years. And I can go to VA rep and get certifications? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. And you can mix those with other certifications that you may have as well. And so when it's time to renew, you just show your certification with the code name, code word or password that they give you, 
and then you apply that towards your 45 hours and get that continuing education credit. Wow. I mean, you know, folks, for you, realtors in the audience who listen to this, you know, that could be another arrow in your quiver. I mean, if you have a, if you have a passion for our country and our veterans or you, you just want to serve. Yes. Or you just want to get educated. Yes. Go to the website and look and see if that certification is something of interest to you. Yes, varep.net. And the thing about it, we want more agents on board because we can't do it all. Okay, sure. We cannot do it all. In San Diego, I think we have 85 members. And if you want to become a member, you can also go to the website, hit the membership button. You can apply online. I think it's $99 for the year. And you get all the benefits that we have, the discounts, as well as the marketing materials that you can use towards your own professional career enhancement. You know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. We've done a lot of this already. So, again, VA Rep is here for financial literacy, education, and awareness of our uh, real estate industry, moving it forward, making things happen. Uh, we have been in existence, and we've been educating. Going back to your initial question you asked, every quarter we're designed, every chapter is designed to do at least four lunch and learns, okay? Mm-hmm. We do four lunch and learns which is basically educating of the myths and the disparities of using the VA loan, Mm -hmm. why you should and should not. We know that the VA loan is the best out there, but we need to educate the sellers and the buyers and our military veterans of using your VA loan. Because again, most people think you can only use it once. You got it for life. For all Mm -hmm. my veterans who's listening, you have your VA loan for life. Use it, sell it, use it again, sell it, use it again. Mm -hmm. You got it for life. And for our agents who are not that familiar or maybe a little shy in talking to our military guys and gals, approach them, engage, because this is what VA Rep is about, is educating. And so to have 1.9 out of 22 million veterans who have used their VA loan and is not using it, we need to do a better job in the industry. We do. And, you know, let's talk about that VA loan for a second, right? I agree with you. It is the best financing available on the market. You know, what are some of the features and benefits, you know, that veterans should be aware of? Wow, yes. As a veteran, as a veteran, you have served, and you have the entitlement to a VA loan. That VA loan in San Diego County, and I'm going to rough the numbers upward, you can purchase a home in San Diego County up to 650000 okay? Using that 650000 you may not qualify financially. You may not be credit-ready. However, you have up to 650000 to use that. At the same time frame, by using your VA loan, you eliminate the uh, private mortgage insurance or just the mortgage insurance, okay, which will save you about four to $500 a month just by using your mortgage, no mortgage insurance. Absolutely. So that mortgage insurance isn't insuring, exactly. isn't insuring the buyer, it's insuring the bank. Exactly. So let's back up even that. So if you're using, in comparison, your VA loan in comparison to a 3% down on a conventional type loan. Mm-hmm. Let's say you purchase a property at 500000 Okay, 3%, that's 15000 But a VA loan, there's no money down. So yep. you just save yourself 15000 And if you got no mortgage insurance, let's say you're down with no mortgage insurance on VA, you just save yourself another 500 On a conventional type loan, you, to get rid of the mortgage insurance, you have to put down 20%. Yep. No mortgage insurance on the VA. So you just save 15000 plus another 500 no mortgage insurance, and if you have a 10% or more disability, the administrative funding fee on a VA loan is tacked onto the back end of that. However, if you have a 10% or more disability, that is waived. So now, just by using your VA loan, you just save yourself $25,000. 
veterans, you got to be taking notes. You got to be going to the website. You got to connect with Andre Hobbs. You got to reach out to VA rep because he, this, like, it'd be a shame not yes. to take advantage of this loan. Yes. You know, so we are excited. Unfortunately, we're going to take a short break, quick break. You're listening to Rise Up Radio. We'll be back in a few. Hey folks, James Carmody, Synergy One Lending. Are you in the market to buy a property and need to close really fast? Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team is your family-owned mortgage bank. Right now, there's low inventory. There's a lot of offers. It's competitive. Synergy One Lending and the Carmody team can close your loan in as little as 10 days. Call today to find out more. 858-525-3086. Call James Carmody and the Carmody team at Synergy One Lending. 858-525-3086. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back, folks. You are listening to Rise Up Radio. I'm your host, James Carmody. Thank you so much for tuning in and following us at sdriseup.com. Again, that's sdriseup.com. With me in studio is Andre Hobbs. Andre Hobbs is the president of VA Rep, Veterans Association of Real Estate Professionals. He is a Navy veteran. He is a realtor. He is a father, and he is a passionate American, and we are in here educating not just not just citizens, but veterans on benefits of the VA loan, what people need to know, and how they can take advantage. So I, I want to put a bow on the VA loan. You know, So yes. if, if you are a veteran, remember, listen, you're going to want to take some notes. Pull out that phone, pen and paper, whatever you need to do. So quick highlights again of the VA loan that people need to know. The highlights of the VA loan in San Diego County uh, you can purchase a home up to six hundred and fifty thousand. If you're in Riverside, it's up to four fifty three one hundred on a VA loan, no money down. Okay, again, VA loan, no money down, up to six hundred fifty thousand. If you're using your VA loan in comparison to FHA and conventional, you have no PMI. With that, again, you have another savings of about three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on the purchase value of your home. No mortgage insurance. Second, if you are a military veteran, you have 10% or more of your military disability, service-connected disability, you waive the VA funding fee that's tacked onto the back end of the loan, which can be upwards of about $10,000. So you can buy a home using the VA loan up to a savings of $25,000 in comparison to an FHA or VA-type loan, I mean a conventional-type loan, because the reality of it is you've served. Use your benefits. Use your benefits. It's one of the things that our government got right for our veterans. Yes. However, and there's more. If you are 100% service-connected disability, disabled vets, okay, you have a tax exemption, San Diego tax exemption, property tax exemption, up to $135,000. So if you purchase a home at $500,000, subtract $135,000 from that, you're only paying taxes on three sixty-five. So, again, as a veteran, you have a VA loan and tax exemption, property tax exemption that you can use. And this is why VA rep exists. This is why I'm the president, because by day, my livelihood, I'm a real estate agent. My passion is because I have served as a veteran. I want my other veterans to understand that you have these benefits. And because you don't have a, a location to go to, you can always give me a call. You can always go to the website. You can always get in touch with someone from VA rep to assist you. Absolutely. And folks, you're going to want to write down or go to varep.net. That's V-A-R-E-P.net. Now, I know, Andre, you just got back from D.C., didn't you? I did. Okay, I did. tell us about that. 
Wow. Washington, D.C. This is my fifth year going. We have our annual policy conference in Washington, D.C. So earlier I mentioned that we started off with four founding chapters. Mm -hmm. We now have 35 chapters. Okay. So all 35 chapters, board members and members, we get together in Washington, D.C. Amazing time because we get to meet Susan Davis and Juan Vargas and Scott Peterson, all those to hash out some of the policy uh, position points that we go up there with. This particular year, we went up there discussing how we want, uh, we've been approached as Veterans Association, as the VA rep of San Diego County and nationwide to try and become a VSO, a Veterans Service Organization. The top four organizations out there now are the VFW, American Legion, MVETS, and DAV, Disabled American Vets. However, those organizations which we have are beautiful organizations but they cannot teach our veterans about financial literacy mm. so we're trying to establish VA rep as a VSO as a veteran service organization because we have so many of our veterans across the nation that needs assistance but they don't have the counseling available to move forward or use those benefits sure I mean you know from my whole household my, my dad was in the Navy you know and I was just where I grew up very familiar with the VFW and the American Legion. And that kind of financial literacy wasn't available. No. You know, um, how's that conversation going? A good conversation because they see the need. And so with that need, so we we know it's going to take, through legislation basically, uh, the VA, we want the VA to be able to require or establish a financial literacy program, housing education offered to our veterans to include the importance of uh, budgeting and saving, the benefits of home ownership. Okay, those are the things we want to establish in the military. On the military side, we talk about veterans. We want to begin a audit type program when you join the military. Help us establish a process in which we can then, hey, you are now making rank E four, E five, E six. Let's put a system in place of financial literacy progress because by the time you make E six, um, which is the enlisted side. You are now a first-class petty officer or a sergeant of some sort in the other branches of the service. Now you probably just had a family, just had kids, just got married, or you're just making rank. So you got a little bit more money to play with in a family establishment. So let's put you in a system. And then when you leave, have some type of audit program, a post program, that we can then provide that same counseling as you leave the service. Those are the things that we're trying to establish with the becoming a VSO in the organization so we can continue the education to our veterans, you know, because there's a lot that we, we need to know. And the other part of the D.C. trip was we're trying to get the, the, the Washington to understand that we want to make the veterans a protective class, mm. okay? Because outside of every military base, there's a check cashing place or a car dealership that's offering 21% interest rate to our veterans, and our young guys and gals are serving. They want transportation. They want to impress the ladies. So they go out and get the car. They sure. don't care because they get a paycheck every two weeks. Yep. So they're going to get that. And it's not helping their credit at all. And so it's predatory lending. And so with that predatory lending, we want to stop some of that. And by stopping some of that, we can also prevent. We can't stop homelessness, but we'll hope to prevent some of it based on credit status. I love that. I think, I mean, I think that it would make a huge difference. I mean, because exactly what you said. I mean, I'm a young kid. I grew up in 
wherever I grew up and maybe I didn't have much money. And then all of a sudden I'm in the service. I got that paycheck. I got my LES coming through and it's like, sure, I'm going to go buy that Camaro. Yeah. I'm going to go buy that souped up truck. Yeah. I don't care how I finance it. <laughs> you know, it's giving me some value and self-worth, mm. but we're setting, we're setting that young person up for financial failure. We are exactly. And that's what happens because we know we have that paycheck coming every two weeks. And the people that are selling us and giving us that opportunity to get this credit know that we have a paycheck coming. And if we falter, they just go to the commanding officer. Now we have another issue where we're reduced in our rank because we can't afford and we have debt. And if you have debt in the military, you lose your credit credentials. If you have a. I did not know that. Yeah, if you have a clearance, uh, a secret or a top secret type clearance, if you have any type of financial instability, they can remove your credit. They can remove define your financial instability because things happen. Well, I guess define financial stability like, like, like a late car payment or like Continuous. a repossessed car. Uh, even that repossessed, there's there's now a concern. Why did you get repossessed when you're getting paid every two weeks mm-hmm. and you couldn't afford the two three hundred dollars a month to pay your car payment? Is there a financial situation going on that we need to discuss? Because if you're a young guy or gal who's working in the vault where you got secured material. Mm-hmm. and yet you need extra income, you might find a way to find other means of getting that income. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a concern, and you can actually lose your current clearance. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's very touchy when it comes sure. to having a clearance. It's, it's not easy to get, but it's very hard to maintain. I understand. But the, the bottom line is we, we want to set up our young people and our veterans up for financial success. Exactly. There's not enough education early on, and you come out and you get lucky, and you have good credit and you've made good financial decisions by luck or you come out and you have, you know, a double digit interest rate on a car that you can barely afford. Or if you weren't for that paycheck every two weeks, you wouldn't be buying it anyway. Yeah. And you know, let me touch base on the, uh, the active duty military guys and gals who's listening as well. You're receiving BAH, basic housing allowance. That is your mortgage payment. Yep. The military is giving you that every month. You can get the tax write off and the benefits, and the equity when you sell that house using that BAH that they're giving you every month. Don't just rent, buy, because you're the one who's going to benefit. That's right. you got to take advantage of that, you know. So, Andre, two things. One, where do you want to see VA rep five years from now? Bigger picture, what's the vision? Bigger picture, we would like to have a brick-and-mortar building in San Diego County that they can then come and go to to find out any information that they want about their benefits, how to go about claiming their benefits, because less than 20% of our military claim disability or benefits. That means 80% never. Wow. So that's because of lack of awareness. And sure. so because of that, we would like to see us grow. We'll become a VSO and have mm-hmm. a brick-and-mortar building. Well, we wish, you, we wish you all the very best in that. We wish you, you know, that Washington agrees with you because I'm very big on financial literacy. And I just think it's so important. You know, folks, you are going to want to go to varep.net, whether you're a veteran or a civilian. There's great resources that just need to be shared. You know, Andre Hobbs, thank you for coming on the show, sir. Thank you for having me. Folks, you have been listening to Rise Up Radio. Get out there, make a difference, share a smile with your neighbor. And remember to always rise up. <laughs>